Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith and her team are creators of success. They are committed to transforming the lives of independent filmmakers and giving their films and the filmmakers visibility, awards, opportunities, and recognition within the film industry. Currently, her company has won over 200 awards for their clients, and her team has supported over 485 creatives across the world, enlightening and inspiring their journey towards achieving their goals and following their dreams. Carol, also, Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith has just been in Los Angeles at the L.A. Film Festival. Yes, she has, and she was working with clients at the festival, and Sabine Eljamel introduced us. So, Rebecca, I'm so excited you joined us, and we are excited to learn more about your work. Thank you. It's uh, great to be talking with you and to such uh, wonderful uh, and powerful ladies. Thank you. Well, (laughs) first, we want to get started with how your clients have won over 200 awards. So tell us what the awards are for and give us an idea of over what period of time that they were achieved. Um, Well, we work with the best of the best. So this being strong, high-quality films which have the potential to win awards. So we put together the best film festival campaign which have audiences who celebrate these types of um, brilliant films. So since 2013 to the present day, where we are now, our films have won all different types of levels of awards for, for example, best film categories, acting, sound, best short. And one of our short films uh, called The Boy with a Camera for a Face won uh, the St. Louis uh, Film Festival's Best of Fest Award. And that's what they call like, the main grand jury prize. And it was that award that allowed us... Um, to submit uh, the film to be considered for an Oscar nomination. So we didn't get the Oscar nomination, we still had the chance then to be considered for one, winning that level of award. So it's very exciting when you win that level to go to the next step. And it's also great when a film that has uh, just had got, you know, got strong acting wins like Best Ensemble Cast or Best Actress or Best Actor. So that's what we love um, for, our, for our clients and their films, winning those great awards. So you work with documentary as well as feature and short filmmakers, it sounds like. We do, yes. So we do all sorts of films, shorts, features, fiction, non-fiction, a whole lot. Right. And did you uh, take that film and run it for Academy Award? Yes. So as we won that award, um, we were then able to submit officially to be considered for for an Oscar nomination potentially. So what we did was um, do the right application to the Academy, get the DCP made, and, you know, see what would happen. And they actually gave us good feedback. Obviously, didn't get through to the final list, but that award can then help a filmmaker get to that next level and be seen by very high-level people of the Academy. Mm -hmm. Well, do you see that when your filmmakers win awards, 
<clears throat> Does that help them with distribution? Yes, it can actually. Um, depending on what type of level of festival and award they've won, it can certainly set the sales price. So, for example, winning an award at Tribeca or Cannes and Berlinale will certainly get sales interests from companies and then potentially set the sales price. Having won that award, it will be considered to be you know, of a higher level and higher category than maybe one that hasn't. So you're absolutely right. Um, any film that's not got a sales agent that wins a big award at a film festival has a very strong chance of getting the right agent who can help sell it and run away with it. Right. Okay. Well, it, it's so exciting uh, to learn more about film festivals for me because mm. I, I'm really interested in, in understanding what goes on and how you get to the festival and what your purpose is, and so I want to cover all of that today. But yep. let's start with the team that you work with. Tell us about yes. the services that you offer filmmakers. So we um, tend to have two different types of services. We have one-to-one consultancies, and management services, and then also event management services. So the one-to-one consultancies are where we help the filmmaker create a successful film festival campaign that they manage themselves independently. So we offer them the advice and give them the tools that they need to know to create the foundations of a successful film festival campaign. And that involves watching the film and giving the right feedback that festival programmers would, would, uh, would give them and perceive the film and helping them understand what they want to achieve from the festival circuit, how they can do that with their film at the right festivals. And we also do that not just for festivals, but also for um, marketing and uh, getting a finance pack together and getting feedback on scripts with our, uh, with our development team. And our management services are where we take the film on, represent it, and can help the filmmaker get it into festivals by um, taking the film on and, and giving it to our contacts and our festival network to be considered by them and help them get it into the right festivals by getting the right strategy and the right press kit and uh, sorting out all of the materials for the screening. So it's a very comprehensive management service. It isn't just okay. doing a submission, it's doing a bit more. Okay, but now, I didn't, they, there's a lot to be done here. So um, tell us more about, in this management services, what you have to, to do to get ready for the festival. You were talking about the things that you have to have to send to people. So you know those forms and the formats, and probably yes. you know a lot of people at the, uh, that run the festivals, right? Yes. I mean, it's not a case of, it's not all about just, who you know to get your film in. It's more a case of who you know and what you have. So you have the right product for a festival. Our friends at festivals and our relationships that we have with programmers might want to see the film and possibly screen the film and invite it to screen. Um, but what's also, though, you've got to be careful of, well, not careful, but you have to think about in advance, is to do this as early as possible and not leave things for last minute. So when the film is in its early stages, start planning which festivals will be the good world premieres, potentially for the film when it is finished and think about the artwork and the press kit, how to present the film that you have in mind, and what it will look like to the public and at festivals, to programmers. So there's a lot to think about, you're right. What we tend to do with a management service is we create the campaign. So when we've seen the film, we will then put together a strategy to the best festivals that will help them achieve their goals and also be the right home for that particular film that they've made, in terms of its genre and level of the film. And then we uh, 
pitch the film to our contacts directly and do the submissions, so that's the forms and the online submissions, etc. And then we lobby the film and keep on track of the uh, campaign and to our contacts and to festivals that didn't let slip. And then any festival that gets invited to screen at, we then take care of organising the materials to send to the festival. So that will be sending the uh, the films to a Blu-ray or, or a DCP or um, a VHS, but well, not VHS, but DVD nowadays, and the poster press kits, and also trying to get the best possible slot and get the filmmakers out there doing Q&As and hopefully get an award. Oh, right. Q&As. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's go back because there's so many things I really want to know. Let's let's take an example. Let, uh, actually, let's take Sabine's film, Zapped, about yep. <clears throat> the proliferation of Wi-Fi and how <clears throat> deleterious it is to your health. And yep. so um, if you looked at her film, then uh, you would help her. First of all, what, at what stage should people come to you? Early? You're saying you have to think ahead, so would that be when you're in production, when you have started editing, or when? To be honest, as early as possible. We like to come on board when it's in the development stage, so we can help them get the script uh, polished and as good as it can be to get into the right festivals, so like a nice festival viable, strong script. Or we can come when it's maybe in the you know halfway through or almost completed phase, so the end of post-production, and they start thinking about festivals at a different stage, and they come on board then and can help them in the edit, maybe tighten it up to be a festival viable film. So, for example, we've got a film now that is a short film. It's an amazing film, but it's half an hour long, and half an hour isn't a very good length for film festivals because it, you know, any, I mean, a short film needs to be short for one thing, but half an hour can be, you know, Difficult. It needs to be a very strong script and story to sustain that period of time and the slot of the festival. So we're now working with him and getting it down to 15 minutes to be a strong, strong, powerful piece that will do really well at festivals all over the world. And your crew, uh, between you and your crew, you advise uh, how to cut that down? Yes. So we're looking at it from the point of view of a film festival programmer. So it's not kind of, you know, if we like, well, obviously we like the film, but it's not a case of looking at our enjoyment. It's looking at how festivals would perceive it for their programs. So, for example, the filmmaker wants to get it into the best festivals possible to get the best recognition and get it seen by the right people. It needs to have the right product for that festival. So at that length, it's just a, there's scenes that could be trimmed and it's just to get more of a focus. It, it just it meanders a little bit here and there, blah, blah, blah. So we then say, right, if we tighten up this bit and this bit and this bit and then make it 15 it'll flow differently and it'll be a whole different experience for festival programmers to really engage with and make them stand out from the crowd. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. So and so with Sabine's film now, Zap, yeah. you would um, you would search for film festivals that that you think that she would be a fit for or would you try for the top five right off the bat or what? How would you go no. about it? So we watched the film, which I have seen an earlier cut, and advised which level and type of festivals would be good for the film. When I saw the film, I really enjoyed the first cut. I know it changed a lot, but I've seen the first cut. I thought it was very interesting. But the, there were certain parts that could be taken out to make it, you know, kind of just flow more for a different length, not be too long, but also get more of a focus so to be appealed to more festivals. Um, and then, so going for the top five, no, because it it's not going to be for them. And she knew that too. So it'd be more for like the second tier, but of the higher level, and then getting it just that little bit shorter and more of a sharper focus 
it's more of an impact emotionally to the audience, and that will obviously then be for a vessel programmer very impressive. Right. So what length are you thinking? We're thinking of the documentary angle, um, going into that niche. So there'll be audiences and festival programmers who will appreciate it and will then celebrate it and potentially then put it in for the main screening and the main selection. So how, well, how long are you talking about the film being for these festivals? Um, about an hour and a half, um, so 90 minutes uh, ideally. I mean, there were parts of it where it could have been a little bit shorter, so it was a little bit longer than that. Um, so it's making it to the right level, so just, just trimming it down and trimming it to the point where it'll have quite an impact um, with the kind of story that it's telling, you know, that snapshot it's giving. So you can follow different people, but in the right frame, so not too many characters to engage with all, all at the same time, just a very focused, streamlined and focused narrative that gives you that kind of a shock to what happens to these people. Right. So you have you have full information on all the festivals when the submission dates are due and all of that. So yes. then, do you you take over then and say, okay, we're going into these five festivals and here are the dates, and you contact the festivals and submit everything? Yes, that's correct. We tend to pitch to a lot of festivals, not just five. So we tend to. Uh, we have packages where we do 10 submissions or 20 submissions or the whole campaign and do 40 or 60 festival submissions, depending on what they want and the outreach with the film and how long it can travel. Um, so we tend to think, right, what, so, it's, so for example, we say, what well, the film will be finished, um, say, you know, let's say July, and then we think, right, we can then start planning which festivals um, and the timeline will be good festivals to have the world premiere at that we will be running later on in the year or early 2018. So when you when you finish a film, you have to plan around the festival's timeline. So, for example, a film now that's going to be completed in July, it's going to be tough to get it in for Toronto because they're going to close the submissions very soon, if not now. So it'll be to think the next festival that will be good for it will be something else. So it's not a case of you missed the boat, just this one festival's finished. There's loads of the festivals that are around the world that could be the best home for the film. So we try multiple choices to get the best result we can. Okay. Well, the thing that uh, I find interesting is uh, like 20, going to 20 film festivals. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure I understand what the, what the benefit is of going to 20 film fest or you're applying to 20 but even if you get accepted would you take the film and put it in 20 festivals well it's all of sometimes it can be every film's different say for example a short film that could travel all over the world and has like multiple audience appeal then doing 20 festivals or more will be probably be do it no harm because it could win a lot more awards so for example the film i mentioned the boy with a camera for a face um, that film that film did about 42 festivals and got 13 awards. But as it's a film that doesn't have, um, doesn't really need to rely on a lot of dialogue, so it's voiceover and a lot of it is, is actions, um, it travels very well to audiences all over the world. So when what, we, what actually happened was when we did a few festivals, other festival programmers contacted us and said, oh, we heard about this film at this festival, it won the award, or we want to see it, could you send us a link to the screener, then they want to see it, then it gets another festival invite, and the festival invite comes on. And it just ends up growing and growing, so the film that can just travel for about two years on the circuit. But then some films that just need a few premieres to launch, you know, say a feature film needs to launch in certain territories to help it sell, 
then maybe it's better to do a smaller campaign and then it can then just get sold on DVD, etc. and VOD afterwards quite quickly. So every film's different. So every film that we assess at a very bespoke level to the point where um, we, you know, we carefully think, well, if, if this film wants to travel and just do loads, so if it's a short film that can really you know, get it, have an impact, then we'll do a smaller camp. We'll do a bigger campaign. If it's going to be just say they want to get a few laurels and win a couple of awards here and there, then we'll do a smaller campaign. So it all depends on what the client wants and how far okay. the film can travel. Well, let me ask you what what is the benefit? All right, let's say that it's a short. Do you sell shorts? Well, shorts tend to be they tend to sell themselves at film festivals. I mean, the short film market for sales is very small. Um, there are companies that do it, and they do quite a good job, um, but making a profit is quite difficult in the short film world. So festivals are great ways to get that exposure on a big screen, but also when you win awards that have got money, then you obviously get a bit of an extra, extra cash. So we don't sell films, but we do distribute a lot of short films to festivals all over the world. Okay, so you do see them. Uh, some uh, shorts get sold, and some get um, some or get uh, money. So that gives the filmmaker yep. something to compensate. Yeah. Um, so, but basically, most of the shorts are for the benefit of the filmmaker, right? That uh, yes. they have. I like. I like to. So I like to call a short film. I call them a visual business card. <laughs> So yes. what that kind of well means done. is, <laughs> what that means is it's you know it's showing on a big screen the filmmakers the whole not not just the director but the director the actor the DOP and the sound etc. Um, you know showing what they can do and they can make a feature so it's showing on a big screen this big business card visually without any kind of contact details this is who we are and doing a Q and A brings that kind of film to life even more by telling the story behind it and what they can do and what the next project is so short films are actually very important for filmmakers and also for film festivals because you see a lot of emerging talent um, through the medium of short film. And when they go on to do more, when they go on to do like iTunes and get a sales agent and television, it's even better because you get that uh, a huge response on Twitter. So for example, the film I mentioned earlier, The Boy with the Camera for a Face, uh, it's actually, yes. actually on my website, but um, we got that a TV deal uh, in UK and it was a late-night uh, kind of cult TV uh, program that shows short films that are offbeat, like this film was, a fantasy, et cetera, and, you know, a left field. And the next morning, we had all these Twitter posts talking about, wow, I've just seen this film with a boy with a camera for a face, and it just is so tripping. I'm so tripping on my own, on my own drugs, you know, like, and great film on five stars, you know, and a really good response, and that then gets more followers from the filmmaker and more interest. So that was amazing to see after having a great festival run that it still has a life on the smaller screen. Yes, that sounds great. Well, mm. all right. So, um, so that's the benefit. It's the benefit to the filmmaker for their world, their filmmaking world, and a visual business card. Well, yes. let's talk about documentary films because yes. um, how often do you see documentary films get funded when they are, I'm sorry, get uh, distribution when they are in festivals? Yeah, that, I mean, documentary is a different market with sales. It is hard to get a documentary, uh, documentary sold unless it's about a subject that is, is commercial. So, for example, I've actually got a documentary that's doing quite well at festivals called um, Placebo Out Russia about the music band called Placebo. So it's not actually a documentary about them, per se. It's actually a documentary about Russia. 
and the documentary follows them around their 20th anniversary tour in Russia, but actually shows them uh, interviewing and uncovering Russia's hidden creative cultures. So actually it's a documentary about Russia, not about the band. And it's a very strong piece of work. It's done big festivals in Rotterdam, and it's won three awards, and it'll be premiering in Australia this weekend at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, where it's up for several awards. Now, that got a lot of interest from three sales agents when I went to a film market called the American Film Market last year. Because the band are well-known in certain parts of the world, they're very big in Russia, Australia, Germany, and France, for example, buyers knew who they were. So sales agents were like, yes, we can sell this because we've got people that wanted it and would buy it. Um, so that got a lot of interest um, because of the subject and who they were, the, the band. But other documentaries I've worked on have not had that great success in sales because they've been very like niche or about political journeys and you know social issues, etc. So it's not been as uh, successful um, because it's very much a kind of a story that is told at festivals or is more for maybe just television, so it's a little bit limited. Um, so it's it's not like like a well-known person or a well-known band or a well-known kind of uh, you know like David Bowie or something like that. So you're right, it is harder, but it's not impossible. It's just kind of, there are companies who do sell uh, high documentaries around the UK, like Dogwood for a great company, that aren't always got big stars in or big names, but they do tell a story quite well and have potential that is theatrical. So the more theatrical and cinematic your documentary, how it tells the story, the more chance it has of getting the right kind of sales agent. Oh, right, sales agent. Well, um do you recommend documentaries, uh, filmmakers find sales agents? Yes. If they can find the right agent that who can just take the documentary on and get it maybe the best deals they can in terms of VOD, TV, etc., then I do recommend that. I also recommend going to a film market called MIPCOM and MIPTV that run mm-hmm. in uh, Cannes several times during the year, in one in April and in September. And they have a lot of buyers there for television who do take documentary. BBC, for example, is kind of people and Sky Arts. They're all kind of there, and they're the best place to go for the for looking for the right content. Yes, I've heard uh, my friend Tom Malloy say MIPCOM is excellent. That they actually yes. are looking for product. I mean, they're mm. after you. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, they are. I don't think a lot of Americans realize how how fortuitous mm. that could be for filmmakers, particularly absolutely. with documentaries. Well, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so now let's talk about features and getting uh, fund, uh, funding, which to me is <laughs> distribution, getting money back in uh, from distribution for features bec- through festivals. How does this work? So um, feature films getting money through and distribution through festivals. Well, it, it's changed a lot now. I mean, back in, say, 1989, when Sundance was called the American Film Festival, you could, it was quite it was a lot easier to get distribution. I mean, I remember at the time when Harvey Weinstein picked up Sex Lives and Videotape with James Spader and by Susan Soderbergh. That was like, you got the film and then took it away and did the best marketing plan and got lots of money for it. But now it's a very bigger market and a lot of films are in the same place wanting to get distribution. So it tends to be now festivals are very important for feature films to rise above the surface and to get interest from sales agents who will then want to, say, bid to get that filmmaker's film and get the rights to then sell and then get it around the world. 
So it's not that linear, but festivals are so crucial that they have that platform of opportunity and abundance from other sales companies around the world for this film that could travel. Right. So features, it's really a must. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you say features, I mean, yes, features, but I mean as in having a feature that what I like to call mainstream independent has more chance of getting a sales agent. So what I mean by that is we call it mainstream independent because I was using that term. It's one that was coined in a in an academic journal whereby uh, the film um, has kind of like maybe a mainstream look or it has say, a, a higher budget than a normal mainstream, sorry, a normal independent film and it has some, maybe some stars who look quite familiar or have a profile that's kind of well known in certain countries. But it's independent in terms of the, obviously it's not from a studio, it's made independently, and that the um, story, the narrative, is not commercial or linear or, um, or say, accessible. So it's kind of an art house kind of narrative, basically. So that kind of hybrid really works very well in terms of getting some interest and potential sales deals and distribution deals uh, from buyers worldwide. And what are some of your favorite festivals for features? Um, I, I mean, I love, um, in terms of, say, the ones which aren't um, markets, I love the Sitges Film Festival in Spain. That's a genre film festival. And Sitges? It's like, yes, Sitges uh, Fantastic Film Festival in Spain. I uh, was there. It's a great little place. Oh, my God. What a small world. Of all the places in the world, it is a great place. And the festival is brilliant. It's kind of like what we call the Cannes Film Festival for genre films. So all the kind of key genre films screen at Sitges, have the premieres there, and the buyers there, the sales agents, PR. And it's just so good networking because everyone's close together. It's a great party vibe. They party till late. And, you know, I've had uh, films there that have had a great lot of exposure and, um, and, you know, travelled. I mean, I had a short film there that did really well, and that was only a short film. So the features, uh, they just, you know, they have the right people watching it and the right community and the right engagement. And what I highly recommend is just, you know, it can change a film's life, basically, that festival. Uh, and also other ones, too. Um, I mean, there's plenty of others. Um, another one which is very good, this is a very small festival, but it's actually, does a, they do a lot for filmmakers. It's called the Idlewild Film Festival in uh, California. And it's in the mountains, a small festival, um, but a lot of stuff comes out of it in terms of, uh, you know, good leads for distribution and sales because the people that run it are filmmakers. And also one festival which people don't tend to know about in America, in L.A., called the Valley Film Festival. It's a great festival because they actually have in attendance uh, distributors, sales agents from North America. And uh, our film Changeover that we represent won their award for Best Feature and we've got interest from quite a few sales agents there, including the Hallmark Channel. So fingers crossed that something might happen with that down the line. But that was just brilliant. And, you know, it's great networking. And then you meet people there who can then be good collaborators for the next project and the current project to help you get it out there further in terms of PR and sales. And where is the Valley Film Festival? It's in Los Angeles. And I can't remember the cinema it takes place at, but if you Google them, valleyfilmfestival.com, it's all on there. And it runs in October this year. And it runs from the Thursday, to, I think, to the Sunday. So it's like a, you know, a nice four- or five-day festival. And with it being quite nice and intimate, like Sitges, um, I want to say intimate, more like, you know, it's, it's small but not too small, in that you can actually get to know the people very well, and then you all become kind of good friends, and then you see each other's films, and it becomes a whole new different type of experience and very friendly. 
Wonderful. So right in the L.A. Valley, I guess it is. So that would yes. be terrific. Oh, yes, it's a great <coughs> festival. Um, I mean, the films they have are very of a high-end and high nature, all made independently, all, um, all you know, all very well-crafted and great stories to tell. The, the key with festivals is you've got to tell a good story. You know, so having a by-the-numbers generic film with a not a good story will not stand out. So it's the more creative you are telling a story, the more strongly a chance you have of getting into a very good festival. Right. It all starts with story. Everybody asks me, what yeah. do you want to apply for your film grant? And I tell them three things. It's story, story, and story. Absolutely. And that's what we look for. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you make it, for goodness sake, what I have to tell you now, the golden rule, please have good sound, because special programmers will not take well to a film with bad sound. It has to be done well, the sound. Otherwise, it will, rec- it will not be a strong contender for getting to a festival with good poor sound. That's the most important thing. I totally agree with you on that. Well, mm-hmm. um, one thing I, I don't want to forget to ask you is give us three tips for film festivals. I know you have a lot of information on your website. That's one of the things, but like, let our filmmakers hear that. So the three tips. This is in terms of creating your festival campaign. Is that correct? Those kind of three tips you want? Yes. Yeah. The first thing I have to say is to get objective feedback from your peers so not your friends and family saying that's the best film ever but feedback from colleagues people like me who will give you honest feedback and tell you what kind of film you've got and what might be improved so by having say a screening people go yeah that was amazing so actually the sound probably needs to be a bit more designed a bit better or just maybe tweaking it or just something just for the levels perhaps here and there you know to get it perfect and the grading Things like that can make a big difference for festivals where they will see in a polished product that will have the highest quality to it and really stand out from the crowd. The second tip is to uh, be very clear what you want. So what are your goals? What do you want to achieve in the festival circuit with your film? You know, what, I mean, you made this film for a reason, so what do you want to do with it? How can festivals help you? So, you know, not just a one-sided thing. It's more like teamwork. So how can you help the festival? What, what will impact will your film have at the festival for their audience? And what can the festival do for you in terms of the, what they can bring from the audience, you know, like a partnership? So it's a 50-50 collaboration. Um, and money, budgets. I'd say plan now. If you've got a script right now and you're thinking about getting it into production and financing, please put into your budgets the money for film festival submissions, travel, and your screening formats and your posters. So that's all your rules. Make sure you have money available for that in the budget when you finish the film, not when you haven't spent it all on the production. <laughs> so make sure there is money available as early as possible. All right. That, those are well said. Thank you very much for that because you mentioned artwork and your press kits early on that you help people get that ready. So what yeah. type of artwork do you mean? Um, artwork is in a striking poster that will sell the film to the audiences. So I don't mean as in a, what's the word like a, um, a you know a handmade poster, one that's done professionally and captures the essence and harmonies and harmony and the essence of the film, and also a trailer. So the two of them come together. So having a trailer is important. So you can show to festival programmers who you meet and other contacts and colleagues on on the internet and social media, uh, like a preview or a little sample of the film. Um, to go alongside it, a very striking poster that will get them people thinking this sounds a very good film. I like sound this is a very good film. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, keep wanting wanting more. 
is crucial. Mm-hmm. Okay, and press kits, You any tips on press kits that you work yes. with? A press kit is, I mean, you've got to have striking imagery, so stills that, you know, make the film look, you know, um, striking but also stand out to the point where you think, oh, this, you know, this really looks interesting, these people, they're closer to the faces or the landscape here. You know, it seems like a very, you know, art house kind of film, perhaps, whatever the kind of film is. So the striking imagery is crucial, striking stills, um, followed by um, putting in the right amount of words in the film, uh, in the press kit. So putting in a synopsis that is, say, not too long, say, like, one or two paragraphs, a director's statement, and all the key things we need to know, which is how long the film is, the country production, the year it was made, and who stars in it, and a brief, not long, like a brief biography of the key HODs, so that's your director, producer, and actors, and maybe the um, editor. Brief, yeah. I, I totally agree yeah. with you. And just the top people. Yes, yes. Good. All right. Oh, those, that's so kind of you. Those are great tips. Now, tell us how you help people in the film development stage when they come to you and they're just starting out with their film. Yeah, that's a good time to come because they'll have by then um, maybe the first chapter of their script. And my development team, who are Jill and Jessica, um, they are script readers in their other uh, jobs, and they bring their experience uh, to my company and my team. And they will then read the scripts and offer constructive feedback and give a three-page report and get the script to be the best it can be. So they always tell me the golden rule. The script needs to be perfect before it goes into production. Perfect it can be. So doing several more drafts to make the character develop, you know, well-rounded characters, the story fleshed out and really strong, uh, the dialogue to be biting as possible, you know, give it, like, you know, lots of kind of beats in there. They know all of that. So we love to help people at that stage to get their product to be as strong as it can be. So that idea that they had in their heads then comes on paper to be the most best, strongest possible product it can be. And the way that they read the scripts, they're very critical, but they do it in a way that's you know constructive. So it's, it's feedback to help them get to the next level and really get that project, elevate it from being, say, you know, starting out to being a top-quality, well-written script that will get people wanting to buy it. Absolutely. That's the most mm. important thing. Mm. Uh, there's no such thing as a good script. It's, <laughs> it has to be fantastic. Exactly, exactly. And they and they work my clients hard. You know, people think, oh, all right, it's final draft now. And it's like, you know, 10 drafts. They're like, oh, no, no, we need a few more than this, I think. You know, so they really um, make sure that it's that it's done well. And they, I mean, they, they don't, I don't say push them, but they, they make them work to the point where they become like a new kind of person almost, to the point where... Um, they just become a fully-fledged writer in like a few months' time. And uh, we've got one script now that we're really proud of. It's called Hysteria by one of our clients, Nicole. She's a, she's a lady who's a director, sorry, who's based um, in the East Coast in Michigan. And I saw her short, which is a good good little story, um, uh, when she came to me with that at a festival. And then I did some work on that with her and got it out some more. And, I, and we thought, yeah, let's, let's say it's a feature. So then we developed the script to the point where it was a very like a very starting out, you know, week kind of first draft, as we both agreed. And now it's gone to a whole new kind of film by having so many write, rewrites and making her become like a very strong writer. I mean, it's almost there, um, but it's, you know, it's on the way to becoming a fully-fledged, you know, proper commercial piece of work that she wanted. Fantastic. And it takes time and effort. But from there on, it's all downhill. Once you've got the, you've got the script right, the pitch and then the paperwork, and that's where you get your money. 
Exactly. Absolutely. You're right. And speaking of that, that's what I wanted to ask you next was what guidance can you give filmmakers on film funding, film finance? Well, in terms of film finance, one thing I would say is never to put your own money into the whole production. I mean, with a short film, if it's going to be a tiny budget, maybe, but then when it's going to be a higher and even budget short film, I would say, look now, maybe put some money in, but not all of it. Look for, say, either private funds or schemes. Um, so in terms of a short film, I'll talk about features in a minute, but in terms of a short film, uh, there are many schemes you can approach uh, that could help you further and give you some more extra money to inject in the budget to give it the best it can be. So, for example, in the UK, we have the Eastern Edge Film Fund, the filmmakers who are based in the east of London and Redbridge area, um, who have the best groups to get into, into production with the right stories to tell for festivals and for their filmmaking careers. You've got BFI, um, you've got the um, uh, the uh, creative skill set all around here in the UK. They're very helpful for filmmakers to get on that journey, and they provide good funds, so funding, you know, funding uh, schemes. So definitely look into those for terms of getting your short made and not have to spend your own life savings. In terms of feature, definitely don't put in your own funds to make a whole feature. Do the same thing by doing first some very high-end shorts that show you can make a feature on your portfolio, and then approach uh, financiers uh, in a way with a very polished um, finance pack. So in other words, I mean as in that you have to present to financiers um, and sales agents uh, a f- you know, strong artwork, a vision, synopsis, cash attached, a budget in there, how you're going to spend the money, and also at the end put how, how the film's going to be distributed, um, which cinemas, which festivals, what the vision is for the end result. Then it will be more chance to take it more seriously by uh, by what we call in the UK angel investors, private investors, exactly. mm-hmm. hedge funds, right. all that is crucial. And you'll get past the accountant. That's the big problem. Yeah. you may the guy or gal may love your film, but when you get into the accountant's office, he's what we call in America the no man. He just says no, and, mm-hmm. and you, so you have to be prepared to convince him that exactly. you or her that you exactly. are right. And with that paperwork you've just described, you would have a lot of power to pack up uh, whatever you were asking for. Well, um, so now tell us some ideas for distribution. Do you recommend hybrid distribution? Um, One thing I would say about festivals is that they present um, an alternative distribution network. So they provide this, uh, like, free cinema screenings, basically, um, so I'd say festivals are priority list um, any feature filmmaker and documentary filmmakers list. Um, yes, I do like hybrid distribution. I think it's important having more than just one platform. I think VOD is absolutely crucial for independent filmmakers because you can actually get a lot of money from that if you do it the right marketing. But secondly, VOD people tend to prefer now than going to cinemas sometimes, like Netflix and iTunes and all these kind of platforms offer such great opportunities. And a lot of people want the right content, so I would definitely uh, vote for that. And, I mean, DVD isn't dying. It's still around, and it's going to be around for a little bit. Um, but VOD is, like, getting those rights to VOD sold is absolutely on the priority list with festivals. Okay. That's great. Um, <clears throat> and also, do you encourage people to keep the rights to sell their film on their own website as downloads? Um 
I mean, yes and no. So for a feature film, sorry, for a short film, I actually say yes, because um, a lot of deals for short film uh, distribution deals and sales are non-exclusive. So that means they have the, the freedom to uh, host it on the platforms elsewhere and also their own their own website. And they, give, they don't get the rights exclusively, they get the rights obviously non-exclusively. So they have then more time to get, um, you know, like more uh, more sales. Um, like more freedom, in other words. In terms of feature, it depends on the on the budget. So if it's like a smaller budget indie gem, then yes. If it's going to be like too small a film for so they need to take on for worldwide sales and be more of a risk, the film they can probably sell it themselves and get plenty of downloads if they were to do like like create a marketing campaign themselves and also reach out to the network. But if it's a film that's got lots of kind of selling interest and potentially could be like a commercial film, and I would say no and to rather find the right sales agent whom they trust, who can sell it, make a profit to platforms such as VOD, airlines, TV VOD, and maybe even theatrical. That would be the best route for a feature. And that also applies to documentary. Okay. <clears throat> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. So tell me how people find you. Tell us about your website and your, how we reach you. So my website is thefilmfestivaldoctor.com and my contact details are Rebecca, that's R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at thefilmfestivaldoctor.com. It's also a page on the website you can sign up to get a welcome email, which I can do with our team. And the website tells you all about what we do and who we are and how to reach out to us and get in touch. And since even though you're in England, you spend a lot of time and you really know the American market as well as yes. the world market, don't you, Rebecca? Yes, yes. I do travel quite a lot um, to film markets, to film festivals. We have a great relationship uh, with South African filmmakers. There's a company who we do a lot of work with over there who are a great sales company called AAA Entertainment, and they gave us a lot of films to work on that are absolutely wonderful. I have to say the talent in South Africa is phenomenal, really great filmmakers. And we know a lot of people in L.A., and we do a lot of work in L.A. Um, with great up-and-coming filmmakers, independent filmmakers all over uh, the L.A. and other parts of, uh, of the East Coast. And also we have clients in Australia, obviously loads in England, because that's where I'm based, and uh, a few in France. So we do branch out quite a bit in other territories, which is great. And we always travel to markets where we meet lots of people who are all over the world and other countries, which is uh, a wonderful experience to meet such great talent. Well, Rebecca, we sincerely thank you. We, I have learned so much. I, I really <laughs> appreciate the knowledge and that you carry and appreciate your sharing it with the filmmakers. And uh, you'll be hearing from us, I'm sure, because From the Heart is always looking for good representatives for filmmakers, people who really uh, care. And obviously great. you have a great concern about your filmmakers, right? We do. In fact, to be honest, it's kind of like I think it's uh, what I was kind of um, maybe born to do. It's like my sole purpose, I reckon, because I just love helping these filmmakers transform their films and, and, and their careers into other bigger things. Seeing a film that was just being finished, just get out there and really push to get it out there and lobby it, we just love it. And it's great to see the filmmakers getting what they deserve for their film and their, and, and their lifestyle. It's, it's rewarding, right? Yes, very much so. Not just um, for us, but for the whole, we're part of their team. So it's like we've come part for the team. It's like amazing to see them get such great awards 
recognition, visibility, rising with the surface, it, it really, really completes me. So I'm really happy that we have such great film and some great filmmakers that we work with. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank I you. Uh, really appreciate you and the work you're doing for filmmakers. Thank you, thank Claire, you. for the show today. And um, yes, thank you, Rebecca. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay. I really enjoyed the interview. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Be well, everybody. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.